Spider can doing podcast is his thing. He's a Sony property and not in phase one. Jerk. Way to ruin my song. Well, as you can see, Kyle already ruined it for mm-hmm. me. So welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we are two 30 to 40 something year olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. I'm Kyle. And you guys might know us online as Guyver and Kasig or Broncos. Another. Uh, name that i also go by well today if you haven't figured out what we're talking about um well before we do that let's get to our special guest uh mr brandon or mr the legendary b rob mm-hmm. as we call him i'm not gonna be able to call you brandon um, so you're you're gonna be b rob most people can't time. unfortunately it's so hard yeah. so, <laughs> so we'll call you whatever you want he is the um he's the cr- he's the crusher of the christmas sweater if you did you put up a heck this. of a fight, man. So I think hey, this and is I an appreciate ongoing it. deal. It is. I think it is going to be, you know, because uh, my wife got really mad at how many that I already have because it's taking up too much closet space. She goes, are you going to keep this going? I go, yes. I go, B-Rob, look, look, he's challenging me directly right now. I go, I've got to get more. That was the highlight so, of my We can holidays. send her and my wife out for drinks. So because I get the same uh, chastising about having a shirt or sweater <laughs> for every day from from basically Thanksgiving on to Christmas Day. So So B-Rob and I had the most epic of battles. Like what started out as just a friendly, hey, look what I got, uh, Christmas sweater. Because this year I decided, you know what, I'm going to be the sweater guy at work because why the hell not? It's 2020. Why not? This makes me happy. I'm going to be sweater guy. So people will go by, you know, I walk by, they go, that's sweater guy. And then I'm like, oh, I've got some nerd ones. And then B-Rob, uh, he gets me this message. He goes, hey, look what I got. And he's just pointing. It went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with nerdy Christmas sweaters, um, non-nerdy. Like, it was just fun. Um, we might have to post this next year, like, for a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a it was a fun battle. It Honestly, it was the highlight of my Christmas time. Watching like, you guys. I think that's great. what a lot of. Yeah, you guys go away. It was the highlight of my Christmas time. I just would check Facebook every day, like, ooh. You know, I, I wanted to watch the battle, and I was a little late. I only had like two sweaters, so like I can't get in on this, but I'll watch these guys go at it. And uh, I'm, I think <laughs> Beer Up won, honestly. I think you, uh, you're about to be kicked out of this chat here, fella. You going to replace me with the guy that beat well, that you was in the, the sweater cool thing. battle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's deep. I mean, that was just the cool thing, man. During during that time, there wasn't. It was something on our friends feeds that wasn't covid related it wasn't political it Amen. wasn't even like ou osu you know yeah. trash talk this it was just something new and fresh and you know there were so many comments just about putting a smile on somebody's face you know that's what all this nerddom stuff to me is about anyway so thank you that is a great um statement i think um mm-hmm. what kind of the whole spirit of what our podcast is about yeah. It's putting a smile. What what puts a smile on your face? Who cares what other people think? As long as it puts a smile on your face, that's what this is about. And if we can help you find something to broaden your horizons that you didn't know, then we've done our yeah. job. 
Yeah. There's... Even if we got to kick Kyle out of chat for being a jerk. Whatever. I got beer. I'll just settle in back in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Brandon, why don't you tell us, or B Rob, um, how did you get, you know, it's, we'll go with whatever. What do you want to be called for this? We're all friends here. I think B Rob is fine. It's just okay. funny. You know, you go to college and all of a sudden you lose your, your name and it's, you know, four letters and a hyphen, you know? <laughs> so, well, you know, you I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> or an well, apostrophe, we however you want to do it. Yeah. You know, just you know. Rob. That'd be classy. Kyle. Rob. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> Rob. Um, why don't we're going to kind of switch up our um, talking points a little bit here. How did you start your nerddom? Like what, you know, what makes you a nerd and how did you get into what you do? You know, and I, th I think, you know, I just really growing up, I loved, you know, uh, GI Joe and Thundercats and He-Man and just all those, those eighties toy lines and the TV shows that we grew up on. And, um, you know, and of course I, I'm, played a lot of sports and stuff like that. So that was kind of always, I, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, common traits with a lot of people I played sports. They didn't like, you know, that kind of stuff that much. Right. We weren't talking about it. So I feel like that, like you guys talked about, I mean, I feel like, um, I think in your first episode when you were asking like, what is a nerd? You know, I feel like it's just anybody who has a passion for something that, you know, just isn't a, you know, mainstream, you know? Um, so those, those were really some of the things I really enjoyed. And then that kind of got me into liking the X-Men. That was probably the, the first comic line I really started liking because I wasn't a traditional, like I didn't really like the goody two shoes superheroes. So I wasn't like a Superman guy. And honestly, I wasn't a big Cyclops fan as far as the X-Men goes. I like kind of the anti-hero, the Wolverine Gambit mm -hmm. rogue. And then of course that led me to my favorite uh, Deadpool. Um, yep. So, um, but it just kind of evolved from there, you know, and um, I started, you know, working, um, I'm from a little small town. I started picking up jobs in um, other towns with, there was just some like-minded people I worked with that like comics and they started getting me into and just different things. So that's really um, where that went. I've always been a star Wars guy. So um, those are just some of the things I've always liked. So and it's just grown from there. Which is awesome. It's um, the three of us, if you all haven't picked up yet, have known each other since college. So we've known each other a long time mm -hmm. and it's just amazing. The stuff you find out, you think, you know, someone, and then, you know, down the line, you find out even more, which makes you like that person a lot more. Like, I always, I've always thought really highly of these two, even Kyle. Um, <laughs> take a drink. <laughs> even Kyle. Um, but the older we're getting, the more I'm finding out, you know, we share a lot more than I thought we did. And it's just awesome to be able to talk to some buddies about the same kind of stuff, because... You know, you've got your friends from 20, 30 years ago. And there's stuff you can talk to them about, but you know where the limit is. Like, you know, I've got some of my friends who were the jocks and they've never been into the comics. They don't want to talk comics at all. But then you've got other people you can talk to just about anything. And that's kind of like these two right here for me. So it's just really cool. Um, well, if you haven't guessed what today's episode is, since we've gone off on these two tangents already, it's about the Marvel Cinematic Universe in particular, um, or the MCU, we're, we're targeting um, just certain 
aspects of it. Yeah. So we're going to, yeah, like Chris said, focus mainly on the uh, cinematic universe, the MCU. I mean, Marvel's huge. You have comics, toys, TV shows, uh, but the movies are what's big right now. It's been, been big for the last several years, and that's what we're going to target on today. Um, and because the the breadth of the MCU is so huge, we're we're going to focus on uh, actually just on Phase One today, and maybe be able to get all of Phase One in today. I kind of have my doubts. There's just so much to cover. There's we'll probably be covering a lot of uh, different uh, a lot of different topics as we go through this. So Phase One may take us a couple of episodes, which is fine because we got all the time in the damn world. So. We do, and it's it's going to be fun to talk about. Yep. Um, and like Kyle was saying, it's just depending on how long we talk. Just as I'm typing out, as I was typing out these talking points, I was just sitting here shaking my head the whole time, going, "There's no way in hell we're getting through this in one episode." And there's six movies in Phase One. I only got through three on these talking points because I don't think we're going to be able to even. I think we're going to be lucky if we get through three on this first first part of this yeah um now this is going to be the same this could be the exact same format as the rest of the phases phase two three and four cool that means you get to listen to us talk more yeah if you don't if you don't like it we're gonna have other episodes of other stuff four might not be as long but yeah (laughs) Four might not, but we say that, but we started four already and it was almost an hour. By the time we only get to phase episodes. four, we may have a lot of, <laughs> there may already be a lot out there. But yeah, phase four just kicking off, that'll be a lot of uh, speculation and what, you know, we're, we see from the information that's already been released out, like the, uh, the game plan, the timeline, what Marvel's already planning on doing mm-hmm. then. A lot of our projections, which uh, will probably be extremely accurate. If I have to guess anything, I, we are geniuses. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I write on my name tags. Um, I don't know. Um, it is really important to note though, like Kyle was saying, phase four has begun. Um, what's different about phase four is traditionally Marvel's phases have kicked off in movies, right? They've always been in movies. This one did not because of this damn little thing called COVID-19. Um, it was supposed to have kicked off with the Black Widow movie. That was supposed to be the start of phase four. That was supposed to have been, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I think May, May 5th, give or take. Um, but then with the lockdowns happening in March and everything that happened, it got kicked back, got kicked back, got kicked back. We were supposed to have the Eternals movie as well by now. Um, that was supposed to have been in November. That was supposed to be the second movie in Phase 4. We did not get that. That's still being held by Marvel. Um, so what the official start of Phase 4 is for Marvel is the first original television show by them, which is WandaVision. That is the start of Phase 4. This is going to lead straight into... Uh, one of the movies. So you've got a little bit of background on this now, so you're not going to be confused if we reference phase four and how it started. So if you guys do have any questions, you know, we've got email, we've got, um, we'll have links to our Twitter accounts. Um, We have a Facebook page. You guys can always post a discord server. 
Yeah. Go post it in the Discord server. We'll try our best to answer it. Yeah. Um, um, I'm pretty. If we don't know the answer, yeah, we're pretty active in the Discord server. And plus, in there, you got a lot of people that just basically live on Discord, and uh, we'll have thanks for this along with all the other little subtopics and genres and things that we covered outside of uh, whatever the topic of the week is. So um, we've got to set up for different channels for different communities and things in there that you can cross over and right. and talk to people on. So. Right, and I promise the next Nurky will actually be a Nurky, and it won't be an hour. We had two episodes to talk about, so we'll 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 learn. Um, We've learned. We'll shorten it down. We'll, we'll shorten it a little bit. Um, and then now I'm looking at this, Kyle. Don't we have a new sponsor again this week? Uh, we do. Well, a newish sponsor. So we had um, newish newish sponsor. Uh, you know, you guys may remember uh, Harry was uh, a sponsor of a few. Episodes back with uh, Harry's Bighorn Mounting, and, and he seemed to expand his horizons. So uh, he sent over a, a new little little blurb for us this week. And uh, yeah, you guys go check Harry out. Give him a little bit of business. He believes in the show, and and uh, I think we believe in believe in him. So without further ado, here's the commercial. Hey, Horny Harry here. My business of Horny Harry's Big Game Horn Mountain has gone so well, it's allowing me to expand. Have you ever watched Walker, Texas Ranger, and thought, man, it's really not fair that that car on the show has horns and mine doesn't? Well, first take it by Horny Harry's Big Game Horn Mountain, and we can fix that. Then go next door to Horny Harry's Hand-On Car Wash. No one can clean the horn better than our professionally trained staff. They'll make sure to professionally hand wash your horns and car with the best of care. Choose from our convenient menu of services. If you want a gentle hand wash, we can do it. If you like it more rough, we can do it. If you want us to take the chrome off your bumper, we can do that too. We even got a secret menu where you can ask for the Happy Horning. If you like any of that, come on down, cowboy. Happy Horning not available in all states. Please consult with a mechanic if your paint experience is mild flaking, bumper groups, and you might not be able to get back up. Wow, that was awesome. I can't believe Harry's branching out like that. Business must be really good. B. Robbie, have you ever used horny harry's uh big game mounting service like yeah i actually have uh me and my brother went on a trip and we were we're very fortunate in, in our travels there and uh harry was really efficient really affordable he just did a, a great job and uh couldn't speak more highly of him he, he does handle those ones with care yeah i mean that, that, great harry man. we salute you we we salute <laughs> you sir all right so um Kyle, I think you have something you wanted to start discussing on with yeah. phase one, right? Yeah, well, we kind of sort of talked about that a little bit, but um, there were no, there's no official TV shows that that fall in the the time frame of phase one that that I know of, that you know of, um, and that's that kind of sets it apart from some of the the subsequent phases. Um, I think uh, Agents of Shield, Peggy Carter, those are Phase Two. Unless, unless I'm wrong there, but there's, there's... I don't know. It, that's my question. Like, yeah. B. Rob, do you know were those Phase yeah, it's gotta Two? Be or phase phase, one? It's got to be Phase Two because it's got to be after the first Avengers because mm -hmm. they brought Coulson back. See, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking too. Oh, and if you guys haven't watched any of these, a you're super behind in the times. Uh, where have you been living? Because this is, you know, it's been got. This has gone through three decades now. 
um, of Marvel. Isn't so it's, yeah, want to do it that way, yeah. What I actually I've got a that'll be my uh, what I learned. I found out something really cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's there's going to be spoilers. If you didn't know, there's going to be spoilers. We're going to give you some Easter eggs. We're going to give you just some stuff to think about. So again, if you haven't seen any of these, do yourself a favor, go watch them. And after you listen to this, we're going to already spoil it for you. So just act surprised. Okay. So let's see. B Rob, do you know what movies six movies were in phase one? They don't have to be in order. Right. Yeah, I believe so. With Iron Man starting it all. Yes, sir. So the first one was Iron Man. What was number two? Was Edward Norton's Hulk? Yes, sir. Like he calls it Edward Norton's Hulk because that was... Well, it's true. We're going to discuss that the, too yeah, because... Right. Because Ang Lee's Hulk pissed me off. Um, number three. Uh, Thor? Nope. No? Nope. You get, You're close. You gave him no particular order. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Thor is in there. Yes, Thor is in there. Uh, the first Avenger, Captain America. Yep. Um, the Avengers. Yes, so that's a five, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Iron, Iron Man 2? Did that fall? Yep, Iron Man 2. Okay. Yep. All right. So I, I was actually surprised by Iron Man 2 because I couldn't remember where it fell into the, the order of it. Um, I guess I always it, thought Avengers, the right place to end it would have been Avengers, and then that would start. So that was always kind of strange to me too. And um, and just kind of that, that end scene with in uh, Edward Norton's Hulk that um, – with Robert Downey Jr., I guess I always kind of forget that that wasn't the first one, and it was mm -hmm. Iron Man. So it yeah. kind of it does get kind of confusing. And they both came so out the same year, in, too. Yeah. So, and we'll go over when we go over each movie. We'll go over the years. So, in order, it was Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, and Marvel's The Avengers. So, in that order was the order that they came out with. Um, and so let's start with Iron Man. Um, for those of you who are watching, got my Iron Man shirt with all a lot of the different variants on there. Get all the Iron Mans on um, there. I got the Iron Mans. Just covered in Iron Mans. I'm covered in Iron Mans. Um, and we all know it's not the triathlon. Um, so we'll start with Iron Man. That came out in uh, on May 2nd, 2008. Um, Anyone know who directed it? John Favreau. You know. John yep. Favreau, right? Yep. Yeah. So let's let's start with John Favreau. What so what did you guys know him from before Iron Man? Swingers is what I always Swing, think of. That's the only thing I could remember him from. I can't even think of him anything before that. Um and that's kind of it for me. Like I remembered him from Swingers. That was completely. Uh, he, I remember him being in Rudy. But was I mean, I had Rudy? to go back and yeah, he was his like college buddy. Um, that was always cheering him on in the stands. He was, uh, wasn't he? 
Yeah. Oh, um, shit. But then I think everything else I can think of him being in was like, like way after the fact, like couples retreat, um, mm-hmm. uh, the Paul Rudd, Jason Siegel movie, um, where he's Jamie Presley's husband. Um, I can't remember the name, the name of that movie now to save my life, but, uh, I know what you're uh, talking about. Yeah. But now he's, I mean, he's a, he was like, just kind of always a good actor. He's in a lot of things I like, but he mm-hmm. is a director. He is just phenomenal. Yeah. So it's kind of going he back and second to none looking like there wasn't much before Iron Man as far as him, like actually being in it. Um, everything else. So made was another one with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. That's another one that I remember he was in like 2001 made made. Which one was that? Oh, where they go back and they're like small time. Oh, not crooks, but uh, trying to get money out of people. I think I think Pete, Pete Diddy or Puff Daddy or maybe it was just Sean Combs at the time was in it. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, that was right around, I think, the swingers time. That's right. Okay, I know which one you're talking about. Um, John has this gift for this nerd stuff. Yeah, in my opinion, um, and I think pretty much it, it, that's. I think that's kind of a universal opinion for a lot of people in the nerd circle, is that he has this gift of storytelling, and being able to bring what we love to life because he loves the same stuff, mm-hmm. which is I think that's a. That's what you have to have to understand the source material to bring these to life, to be able to talk to the fanboys, to be able to talk to the fangirls. If you don't have that, I think your movie is going to be destined to fail. That's just completely my opinion. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, holds treads water and makes it as long as it did without him starting off so strong with Iron Man. I can't think of another actor or sorry, actor slash director that as I look at other bodies of work of his, you know, from his other Marvel movies to now the Mandalorian um, that I think could have really pulled it off on such a big scale. I agree. I completely agree. It's he, he just seriously, he's got a gift is what it is. That's the only thing you can really say. And he's super talented at it. Yeah. Um, John, if you're listening in the offshoot that you're listening, uh, I'm if sure you want to be on the show, we'll let you. We will. I'm, I'm sure he is, too. Yeah, I'm sure he is. We'll, right we'll, we'll let you be on the show. What's up, John? I'd even buy you a beer and lunch. So hey. it's on me, buddy. See, you heard it. John, please be on the show. Please be on the show. I mean, we know he's out there <laughs> listening. But yeah, I mean, uh, Iron Man was just like, just the kicking point. I, I, now I'm just kind of thinking about all that, like, without Iron Man... And without his touch on Iron Man, how well he did with it. Like, would we have the version of the Mandalorian that we just freaking love now? And would we have, you know, the, uh, what's come, what else is he doing? He's doing the uh, book of Boba Fett. He's doing Rangers of the New Republic. Like, would we have, he's doing all Ahsoka. Doing Ahsoka. And so he's, he has his hands in every one of the new Star Wars things. Which is um, amazing. Like, I mean, God. I'll I'll still say that like, the Mandalorian is some of the best Star Wars out there, out of everything. Oh, uh, I agree. Other, you know, it brings me back to a New Hope. Like the whole space western, it is the closest mm-hmm. thing to a New Hope that I think that uh, 
has been made through the entire Star Wars. I know mm-hmm. we're getting off here, but this the whole Star Wars universe. I mean, it is the storytelling, uh, the characters. Um, it, it's just awesome. It's amazing to me. It, again, if you guys have listened to our first show, we're going to get off topic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll eventually, this is why we have talking points. We'll eventually get back to it. Yeah. But damn it, it's our show, and we're going to talk about whatever the hell we want. We're old. We forget and shit. Right now, we want to talk wander. about Star Wars. <laughs> what? Who? What? Eh? Um, eh? What? Um, yeah, we'll round back to it. It's, it's all connected, though. That's the thing. It really is. So if he wouldn't have done so well at Iron Man, I don't think he would have had... We know Disney is notoriously tight on how you know, you stick to source material. Mm-hmm. You, this is how we want it done. This is the Disney way. This is how you need to do it. And, you know, which it's one of those, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Disney's wildly successful. There's a reason they're one of the top companies in the world. If he wouldn't have done so well at Iron Man, I don't think that he would have the liberties that he has now for all these Star Wars projects. I think this is why they gave him such a big budget for this. You know, this is why they're saying, you know what? You got a good track record. You run with it. And everything he's touched for them has been gold. Yeah. Yeah. I truly think that our children are really going to be talking about him. Like we talk about Spielberg and just the the movies that he made that really made a impact on our lives. I mean, I think (laughs) any, you start naming movies from our childhood that we really were into. Um, I think several of them are going to be Spielberg or probably George Lucas. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I and agree. I think that's what our kids, they may not, you know, really latch onto that to later remember the guy's name, but they're going to be like, I like this movie. I love this movie. This, you know, that, I think I would truly think that he's going to be like that. I never thought of it that way, but I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. John is the Spielberg of our generation. But, you know, I think back, like you're just talking about, the, you know, the movies from our time, mine are Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and uh, like Jurassic Park are like the three that, bam, pop into my head of stuff that I loved as a as a kid and, uh, you know, going into teenagers. So I can see, like, especially I think my kids watching all the new Star Wars stuff and watching Avengers, all the MCU stuff that, you know, They'll they'll go back and look on that like like we do those movies. I think you're you're absolutely right, Bureau. Um. Yeah, I don't really know what else we can really say about that, but I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I really do. Um. So I got a question before we dive off yeah. into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go um, ahead. If uh, you had to okay, phase we're talking about phase one. Right. Out of phase one, before we start dissecting them, which one is your favorite? Oh, that is a tough one because for me, all of phase one, all these movies in phase one played an important part of my life. Like I can remember good memories associated with each one of these. Like I remember seeing the Avengers for the first time and just like screaming like a schoolgirl, you know, hearing that opening theme just because it's like the people I grew up reading about here they are in live action. But that was the same for me with Iron Man. Like Iron Man was never one of my, 
I had all the Iron Man comics, don't get me wrong, but he was never like, if I had to pick one Marvel character, he wouldn't be like in my top three. He was never a top three for me. Then going to the theater, seeing this first Iron Man movie, which was not the shitty 1984's Captain America, not the crappy Fantastic Fours that we've seen. They actually were true to the source material and made it great. I would have to say, out of phase one, I'm in between Iron Man and Avengers right now, and I'm almost going to say Iron Man because that's what kicked it off for me. That's what just said, you know what? It's our time now. We have, we're here. This is what's going to kick it off, and it, it's just amazing for me. So I... Like I said, I'm in between the two, but I'm leaning more towards Iron Man just for that reason. I think uh, mine would be Iron Man and Thor. Um, you know, Iron Man, just that the opening scene with just the visuals of it, the music, everything, like as soon as that hit, like you knew like this, even if you weren't, you know, into that at all, even if you weren't into comic, like that intro was able to suck anybody into that movie if you were just an action movie guy and you knew absolutely zilch about uh comics or anything anything more if you knew nothing about it you could watch that intro and you'd be sucked into that movie right then and i think that first 10 15 minutes probably made a whole lot of new fans for marvel just from from that intro sucking people in yeah um and then my second would be Thor and it's Thor recently because I've started to um, the lore behind Thor has been really intriguing for me. I knew nothing about it until MCU came about. Um, and so I've been really interested in, in Thor and Odin and looking to how, you know, the, the, the Marvel universe pulled their um, influence from uh just the, the true the source material from the mythology and so you had like yeah, the mythology yeah. to marvel uh comics to uh mcu stuff and the mythology of it is, has always been interesting to me i'm like a little partial to to odin and stuff because it's kind of where my last name comes from actually and um and so then seeing thor and then diving into that whole universe was really really interesting so um probably more so those two for me uh, yes, my little guy, it's going to be anything with Hulk. He just loves Hulk. So, the Hulk. Yeah. Most little kids do, mm-hmm. I've noticed. Like, right. Hulk is really big, especially with little boys. I think it's that destructive nature of little boys. Yeah. yeah. They just really identify with Hulk. They're great to smash anything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Which I guess would be true for, you know, as we as you get older, too. Just great. <laughs> wait, wait. So, hmm. your last name is Sig. So, that comes from Thor. It does. It does. Oh, is that what it is? Um, Wotan. I, I, Wotan, Wotan um, is an alternate Germanic uh, spelling and pronunciation of Odin. So, really? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. See, mm-hmm. this is what I'm talking about. You, you know guys for years you know your friends for years and you still find out new stuff yeah you, you find out today that you know i'm the, the father of the god of thunder it's cool you know 
uh, and that's like, awesome. I always thought your last name meant a whale's vagina, but that's fine. No, it's just a whale's vagina. <laughs> Spanish word. So I think it's cool I, that. Uh, so my two that I said, uh, I yeah. think it's going to be cool. That all of us think that Iron Man is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like Captain America, the first Avenger, um, I'm a. I love the the history part of it mm-hmm. um, that they added in there. Um, but I just the the, the underdog. And I felt like the casting in that movie was so spot on oh, 100%. Um, in all aspects from, um, from the commandos to Hugo weaving his red skull um, and, and, you know, Bucky Barnes um, and then cap himself. Um, I just thought it was amazing. Um, but then the Iron Man thing, I just, Robert Downey Jr. Is the perfect anti-hero, yeah. the perfect, you know, if you know the Iron Man, Tony Stark background, recovering alcoholic um and that's kind of always what drew me to um iron man as a kid is growing up with alcoholism in my family you know having seen that as a as a comic book character um and as a little kid you know really well maybe this is possible you know just the redemption of it i think is something that was big um so i think that's what always kind of drew me to tony stark but uh and again i just go back to iron man kicking off and just really just knocking it out of the park with and setting up the table for the Marvel cinematic universe to just destroy any other super DC um, across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Movie to movie. So I've always said, and you guys, if you have a different um, point of view, that's cool. But Marvel has done everything right with the movies. They have the movies. DC has done everything right with television. Agreed. And that's totally that's the the live action television like flat. I love the Flash TV show, you know, yeah. Um, you know, Arrow Flash to the animated movies, the direct to VODs like DC has that like if they could if the two damn studios could talk like maybe we could get good stuff on both ends. Yeah. Um. That's why I'm kind of hopeful for phase four with Marvel right now, because they, they're knocking it out of the park for me with with WandaVision. Well, I That's think the thing I'm... with Marvel is I they're casting. I can't really think of a single person that once you put them in that part, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I can imagine this person. Play it. I can't mm-hmm. say that about DC. No. Granted, DC scripts are the ones that kill it, even for the for the good actors like you know yes. Ryan Reynolds is Green Lantern. Um, but I just the casting it and on the Marvel side for the movies is, is amazing from even to the, you know, Dave Batista as Drax and, you know, and who would have thought that Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. and uh, Vin Diesel, just their voices, you know, it's just, it's amazing to me. Whoever is over the, the casting is just, they're spot on. I agree. And what I really appreciate, I appreciate about Marvel is you have the same actors if they're doing a TV show like Agents of Shield, it's the same actor, so it's not the um, what's his name, Urza Miller's and um, versus Grant. Grant you Houston. don't have yeah, yeah, you don't have two different flashes. It's the same person, so that's what I really like. It, it just the just across the board, I like that. You think so, if they uh, would not have got Robert Downey Jr to play Tony Stark in the first Iron Man. You think that was the kickoff to, because I mean, they can have the greatest casting person in the world with all the vision of, I want to bring these people in to play these parts, 
but he kind of set the precedence for you know a, a big name actor even though he was coming off of his faults and his demons and everything like that that if they would have asked any lesser known actor in the role for Tony Stark that that would have just kind of killed the whole thing down the road of being able to have all these big names coming in later or these names that just fit the part perfectly they did just such a good job of of casting Tony Stark that made made this property something that actors actually wanted to be involved in not just because of the paycheck not because we're gonna get paid enough for it but because okay yeah this works and this is we want to put our name on this now right be go ahead yeah i i think so i mean i think again the tony stark character being about redemption and bringing in somebody that that needed that to Mm -hmm. you know get re-kick their career. And my favorite Robert Downey Jr. quote from back in the day was, you know, I'm, I'm allergic to alcohol and narcotics. I break out in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite that's quotes. That he, that, and, and that's a Tony Stark thing. I mean, it, that, and extremely I that, Tony um, Stark. if he, if he couldn't read the source material and really become that character, I, I don't think it goes anywhere. I, I truly don't know anybody else that not only needed that in their life, but, just took it and ran with it for decades. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a bit cameos and things or being Peter Parker's mentor or, or whatever up until, you know, his last movie. It's a, it's an amazing thing to watch unfold. And I totally agree with that statement. It's as it, cheesy as this is going to sound. He is Iron Man. He is. If they couldn't have picked a more perfect person. I always remember Robert Downey Jr. as the weird best friend in Back to School. Um, with uh, who was that? Rodney Dangerfield. Like he was always the weird best friend of the son. That's how I remember him. Uh, the guy in Weird Science. But then when they cast Robert Downey Jr., like. <clears throat> B-Rob was saying Tony Stark, you know, is this arrogant, brilliant alcoholic um, with all these vices in the comic. And that's Robert Downey Jr. He, the man is, was born to play Tony Stark. So I completely agree with everything you guys just said. Um, doubling back or tripling back now, um, I can't, I can never pronounce this last name. It's either Fiji or Fiji. Kevin, Kevin Fiji. He is the president of the MCU. He's the guy who pretty much got things kicked off for the MCU. What do you guys know about him? If anything, if you don't know anything, that's fine too. Hmm. Not I just much, learned how to say his last name. So <laughs> that's really. <laughs> I mean, I usually just clap my hands and say, yeah, go Kev. And that's about <laughs> as far as I get. So he's the guy who pretty much. So this this uh, doubles into our next talking point here uh, with Jeremy Latcham. Um, Jeremy Latcham was a childhood buddy of mine. Uh, we grew up, you know, kind of together. We, I was at his house a lot. I call his mom, mom to this day. Um. You know, we weren't like best friends, but we we were we all were in the same group. Um, Jeremy was the guy who became vice president of Marvel Studios. He was the guy with Kevin who launched Iron Man. 
Um, they went, you know, he went through all phase one, um, some of phase two, I believe, too, before he branched off. But if these guys wouldn't have sat down and said, you know, I think this is a good idea. I think we should try and do a comic book movie, except do it right. Let's hold it true to the source material. I don't think we'd be where we are today without that vision. With just two guys sitting down saying, here's what I want to do. And, you know, and having, can you imagine the fight they had to do um, with Disney for that? Like, yeah. we're going to need a really big budget. Well, so I don't know. It's, it, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I think that at that time, so when Iron Man came out, how far, how far into, uh, was Dark Knight, was the Dark Knight trilogy wrapped up at that point or close to it? Yeah. I think that could have been a timing thing. I think they were through their second. That could have been a timing thing with, you know, uh, those movies were insanely popular and they were really well done. And and so the only way you counter an awesome DC movie is if you have the rights to an awesome Marvel movie. And, you know, I think the timing was great on it. I think it was smart to start with Iron Man. I mean, you know, you have the same but completely different with Tony's, you know, with with Iron Man as you do uh, Batman with Tony Stark, you do with Bruce Wayne. You have the superhero without the superpowers, other than right. intellect and a shitload of money. And uh, I think the timing of that, I don't think it was an accident. That to to start with an Iron Man movie with the popularity of uh, the Dark Knight trilogy at the time, I think it was a super smart move and totally different tone to to stand off, you know, because the Dark Knight was freaking dark and gritty and, and amazing and amazing. I, I, I still love those movies, but Iron Man was a little bit more, you know, it was it still had its gritty moments. It was still it still has dark moments, but it was a lot more upbeat and. More, more fan, family friendly. More family friendly. More action. Your stereotypical action movie oriented, which I just loved it. And so I think there was a, there was a timing thing there, obviously. And well, I think that's the whole reason why they went with Iron Man, yeah. because Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne were so similar. But Tony smart, Tony Stark's a smartass. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is the difference between him and so there was more comedy, and that's one that the one thing I really think is different between DC and Marvel is. Um, comedy and DC movies tend to feel uh, really forced mm-hmm. where it comes more natural in Marvel, even though there are some forced scenes for sure. Yeah. Um, to get the non fans buy in and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think that's totally, it was the perfect time to launch that movie. So just for everyone's reference, Batman begins was 2005 and the dark Knight was in 2008, the same year as Iron Man. Dark Knight Rises was 2012. That was the same year as um, Avengers. So I didn't even think of it that way, but I think you guys are absolutely right that this is Marvel's answer to the Dark Knight trilogy to DC. Yeah, because who do you really think when you look at it, who is the leader of the Avengers? Is it Cap or is it Tony? When you when you guys think of it. I think it's Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but Cap's, it, 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 Cap's it, it, the face. Cap's the right. face and the motivational speaker you bring in to the quarterly meeting to uh, really boost morale. He, 
Right. And he's America's ass. That's America's ass. Mm-hmm. He is. That is America's ass. <laughs> but is that from the, do we think like that because of the movies or do we feel like that because of the source material? Because again, I feel I've like that is that. why Robert Downey Jr. was just this, the pivotal component of all this and Iron right. Man and why it was so important um, to have Tony become the leader in, in the movie franchise because in my mind, Batman's the one that put together the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I, I mean, it's those two things. So I think that that's another common thread as, you, as we're uh, talking but, all this out. So too, they borrowed from each other so much between DC and Marvel. Yeah. And you see, I mean... You think? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Wade Wilson, Slade Wilson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos, Apocalypse, or uh, Dark Side. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit going on there. But, I mean, you kind of had to. And uh, I, just, I just love how... It it started with Iron Man and started with Tony and it, you know, and the way it ended, like it was perfect bookends right. to the whole series. So, do you think that I know we've kind of hit on this, but I'm just going to ask the direct question: Do you think another hero would have been able to kick off the MCU better than Iron Man? That's a tough one. Like I, cause I can think of some other like Marvel hero heroes that I love more than Iron Man, you know, like Wolverine's always been my favorite, but do I think he could have kicked it off? I don't think, I think Iron Man was the only choice they had to kick this off because like you were saying, B Rob, Robert Downey was born to play that part. Right. Well, and he was a fresh face. So, you know, I feel like if you did, it had to be a character that people hadn't seen or seen in a while. Right. Uh, hadn't been done. Um, and I think that's another reason why it couldn't have been cap because cap's movie was, it wasn't as exciting. It didn't, it didn't just bring you in. No. Uh, it helped push you forward, but you had to, you know, if, I don't know a whole lot of people that just love the first Avenger that weren't like um, either huge cap fans or, or history buffs mm-hmm. or, you know, um, or, you know, huge Hugo Weaving fans, either from the Matrix or Lord of the Rings or whatever, that kind of carried that over. Um, but I, Iron, yeah, I mean, Iron Man fans of that movie are just fans of that movie. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you could have. Uh, I don't think you could have kicked it off with Hulk. I don't think you. I really don't think you could have kicked it off with Cap. Um, maybe, possibly Thor. Maybe, but I think the reason it works so well with Iron Man is going back to the whole Batman thing. We've already we're already used to seeing the the non-superpowered superhero and setting the stage for what was to come. You know, this wasn't it didn't start off as some fantastic universe with all these different worlds and all these different things coming up. It it started off as, you know, a dude from Earth that, you know, uh, used his intellect and leveraged his his well being to be able to become successful. And you know he was, you know, uh, average not, not average, but could have been anybody doing that. He wasn't born with any special powers. He wasn't born with any you know uh, psychic or psionic abilities or anything. He was just a human. And I think that helps set the stage for everything to come. That for 
to make you kind of become a little bit more invested in in the story itself because they they are there to protect Earth and this is a normal everyday guy that's able to do the do the deed to to uh, to lead and protect and I think that's that's really what kind of helped anchor it in. So that's actually a really good lead in into what Iron Man's about. So Iron Man is the story of a arrogant millionaire who owns a company. The company happens to produce weapons of destruction, mass destruction, um, war weapons. They're, he's a war dealer is what he is. And his family's gotten very, very rich off of it. Well, he's also made a lot of enemies doing this. And so he is captured while doing this. And in the process of being captured, um, was it a grenade or was it was it was uh, or was it an IED like, like shrapnel a, from the road? It was road. like a mortar that hit or something yeah. similar that hit that something had hit Stark on the side of it. And he saw that before. I thought it was one. Was it one of the Jericho missiles? Oh, one I of the think ones it they was. were testing originally. Yes, I Maybe. think it was. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch now. I should have done that before we started talking about I should it. Should have it playing as we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> then it'd just be us in here going. It's like, is there a wait show going it, on? Yeah, not right. you guys talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. Um. So he gets hit with one of it, basically one of his own creations, and it lodges a piece of metal that is inching towards his heart. He has to, um, you know, he's captured by this terrorist cell, and he's with uh, was he a doctor? I believe he was a doctor, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Who he's captured with? Because Tony was yeah. more the mechanical engineer and this guy was the doctor. He knew what was going on. They created basically like the super magnet that kept the shrapnel from going any, any closer to his heart. And that was the beginnings of like the early signs of the arc reactor um, to stabilize Tony's heart. And this is, um, this mirrored the comics very well. I mean, there were some changes that they made for to modernize it as well as make it uh, more sensationalized for Hollywood. But it was pretty damn close to the source material. So explain the, the source, like uh, explain the source material a little bit more. Um, remember like somebody like me that hasn't read the Iron Man comics. Right. I always assume that it was, I always so, assume that it was going to be close. I always assume that it was going to either be really close or it was going to be really far off. Right. Because that's usually how right. Hollywood does it with their movies. So it was pretty damn close. Like I said, there was a couple parts, and B Rob, you, I'm sure you remember most of this too. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, because it's been years since I've read any of the source material. But um, some of the major differences were it wasn't that he gets hit by his own creation, if I remember right. It was he was captured and he needed a way to survive this. And that's the whole Iron Man. It wasn't the. A sudden change of heart, if I remember correctly. Am I wrong on that, B Rob? No, that's what I remember too. So it's it you guys may remember more than we do on this. Like I said, it's been years since I've read actually the origin stories of Iron Man. Um so if feel free to post in the Discord. If yeah. we're wrong, just tell us we're wrong. Give us the answer. Give us the actually but, um, if there's an actually out there, throw it out there. Let us know. Because um but probably gonna be wrong yeah. a lot. Fine with that. <laughs> 
you know, we, I, my I wife and be. children let me know I'm wrong all the time. Um, and my friends and my boss and the me, policeman, be Rob, you be Rob, the convenience store guy, pretty much everyone I meet tells mm-hmm. me I'm wrong. So he can handle usually it. write about it. So Chris can handle I'm it really good well. at knowing I'm wrong. Um, like when I found out that, uh, when I said I was a man and you guys told me otherwise, they're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not really that much of a man. Again, little Beard. fists like little empanadas. Beards coming in better um, slowly. Week by week, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, but that was the major change to the source material that I remembered. And some of the stuff they pulled in from a couple different storylines to make the movie. And it this didn't follow the comics all the way because you got to remember I, well when did iron man comics come? was that 60s or 70s uh late 60s early 70s okay it so you know they kind of had to modernize it a lot or else it would just be absolute shit if you to you know if you had like uh tony stark wearing bell bottoms and like the disco shirt but i think you if- know saying if Robert Downey Jr. would have wore bell bottoms, that might have brought him back again. Right. Thank yeah, God yeah, for that not happening. Right on that one. I was kind of hoping Robert Downey Jr. was going to grow the ponytail and all. So the, <laughs> he should. He still might. Yeah. He still might. I, he says he's done with Iron Man. I bet if money, the right numbers might let him come back. Because yeah, you know the rumored Chris Evans is supposed to be back. You can never say never. It's like pro wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. How many times has Mick Foley? Or musicians. Alabama. Alabama is on their like 40th farewell tour. So you never. Alabama never never goes away. (laughs) Don't don't speak ill of Alabama. They keep. I love it. They keep forgetting to take. They keep forgetting to take their medication. So you've heard me karaoke. That was our karaoke jam on Thursday night. That was their shoulder to shoulder with you on it. So. Like Bruce uh, coming back. Anyway, okay, so. So, okay, so that's the start of Iron Man. And then um, from there, uh, this is it's a story like B-Rob was saying, it's a story of redemption. Um, Tony gets picked up. He basically, and th- okay, let's rewind. They build a suit of armor out of the primitive machines that they have. I think they were using like a Tandy or a Commodore 64 or something to program the suit on. And it's just, it was the most crude suit you can ever see. And um, that was the Mark one, I, I believe mm-hmm. Iron Man armor, all, all his armors. If it's an Iron Man armor, it's the Mark series, Mark one, Mark two, Mark three, Mark 42. And each one represents a different build of the armor. I believe that was Mark one. Um, basically he goes, he sees this whole cache of missiles, all these guns with the Stark name on them as he's breaking out in this Iron Man suit. One of my favorite scenes in the breakout is when uh, he gets, he slams his fist into the wall, the one with the flamethrower, and he's trying to get it out. And then the guy comes up behind him or to the side of him and points the gun right at his face and shoots it. And it just ricochets off the helmet right back in between the guy's eyes. Like, I love that scene just because it shows, you know, this guy who's in captivity actually knows what the hell he's doing. I, and I love the crudeness of that first suit. 
Um, yeah. Just to kind of match like the third world environment that they're in. And it's just, you know, it looks like this hulking, just, you know, knight coming to save the townsfolk, you know, this behemoth of metal and weapons and ass kicking coming out is, I love that pursuit. I absolutely love that pursuit. Even as rough as it was, even I think that's what made me like it so much. It, because in the back of my head, I'm thinking like I could go to the garage and be like, I don't really know how to assemble a lot of stuff, but I can make something that looks kind of like that. Probably won't function, you know, ten percent is good, but I'll lumber around the neighborhood. I will it end up 10. like a Justin Hammer thing. Don't 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 kid yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you ten bucks if you go put dryer vents on your arms tomorrow and go to work. And when your boss asks you questions, be like, beep, boop, pop, boop, boop. <laughs> Does not compute. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Call me Iron Kyle. Mm-hmm. Bah, bah. Iron Wotan. It doesn't, have the Iron same, Wot- <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it, though. Da, da. Iron Kyle. No, no, I can't do it. Drinking beer. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to. Uh, so when he breaks out, he sees the cache of like weapons, missiles with the Stark name on it. You know, he destroys it and he blasts off. And one of the most iconic scenes for me, which solidified this movie is going to be awesome. You know, in that first, what is that? 20 minutes, 30 minutes of the movie was that huge explosion. And then all of a sudden classic Iron Man Marvel comic blasting through that explosion after it hit that was just amazing to me um you know they find tony and he makes the big call that as of you know right now we're not making weapons anymore and that starts the whole downfall someone want to take it from here while i get a drink like what do you guys remember from after that part let's remember uh like you remember who his mentor was um, I remember Obadiah Stone. Obadiah, yeah. Played by Jeff Br- Jeff Bridges. Very, very. Uh, he did not get enough credit for what he brought to that role. Oh, he was no, awesome. He he made it believable. Um, <laughs> do you do you remember his character in the comic at all? Vaguely. So, if you remember the comic, he was the guy <clears throat> who stole the technology the blueprints for the iron man armor and that's what started the armor wars because it started going around like it was the start of the he was the start of it he wasn't the first yeah because he, he was the iron monger right iron right 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 okay. he's the one who created the iron monger iron monger which is monger iron monger which is based off of the mark one suit basically and then it just got different you know as the comics went on I don't think I could think of a more perfect villain in this role because I agree with you. He did not get enough credit. Like when you hear this movie, you hear, you think of, Oh, Robert Downey Jr. You think, Oh, um, Gwyneth Paltrow was in it. John Favreau. Um, but how many times do you hear? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's really, people just say that because of all the drama that ended up becoming his uh, recast, I guess. Right. Um, and we will go into all that too, their listeners, because that was that's a big part of the Marvel universe. And that's the first and 
if I remember right, that's the only recast they've done. Of a major character. Major, uh, major, right. You think when it Who was... Who the minors? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say, you think when it was done and, and Paul Bettany was doing the voice of Jarvis, do you think he had any clue what would happen in the next 12 years with Vision and... Because he was, he was the voice of Jarvis in... Right in Iron Man, mm-hmm. the original Jarvis. Mm-hmm. I remember so, Cat. Cat always gets mad at me when we leave Marvel movies or really any comic book movie because I'm always making some comment or whatever. But I remember saying, "It's like if they ever bring Vision in, it's going to be that guy." And I didn't even know who Paul Bettany was. I just said, "It's going to be that guy. It's going to be the voice of Jarvis." Um, so I'm a genius. Just saying, Cat. <laughs> if you're going to listen to this. Your husband is a genius. Let it be known. We have decreed. Right. He has been immortalized on our show now. Um, <clears throat> I didn't say that. What I remember Paul Bettany from is married to Jennifer Conley. I always got mad at him for that. Because, um, you know, from Jennifer Conley, from Labyrinth, Sarah's Labyrinth, and then Career Opportunities. Yep. He was riding that toy horse. He was in one of my um, favorite movies ever, A Knight's Tale. Knight's Tale. I was gonna say that's where I remember him from. Mm-hmm. Who was he? Chaucer. He was. Oh uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Chaucer. He was Chaucer. Chaucer. Yeah, I, I always remember him going, "Ladies and gentlemen," doing that. You know, just the big speech. That's what I remember him from. Another cool movie that so, in that in, uh, in, infused classic rock into the soundtrack, into kind of like how Iron Man did. All right, I'm going sideways real quick because you brought her up. If Go they bring her. back Betty in a future movie with the Hulk, is it going to be Liv, Tyler, or is it going to be Jennifer? Oh, 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 oh. Because I'm going with Liv because I'm a hardcore Liv Tyler fan. Mm-hmm. I love Liv Empire Tyler Records, War of the Rings, Aerosmith Jer- videos. Aerosmith. <laughs> Jersey Girl. Mm. Um, if you like Kevin Smith movies. I do. I just don't like Ben Affleck movies. No. <laughs> Kyle loves them. I mean, different. <laughs> um, that's a good one. I don't know who they would bring in. If I had to put money on it, would be Jennifer Connelly because of Paul Bettany. That would be, I would put money on that one, but I would prefer Liv just because one, it came out of the, uh, Edward Norton movie, and then two. I'm just such a well. Hero. That's that's why I think it would be Jenner or uh, Liv because she was in Phase One, and the Jennifer Conley movie was not continuity. Or good. Or good, and again, when we get to Hulk, we're going to discuss <laughs> that one because that. I think you can ask any comic fan, and that movie just would piss you off. Um. Hey, you may love that movie. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just telling you, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. No, we're right. no, let it be known. Chris Sharp is making fun of somebody. <laughs> Which, his, is I don't, I, Which is true. I don't weird. really know that this has ever happened. Maybe other than like Greek week in college. It's when been it's just that, a lot that one week of a year. So, that's true, too. Well, that's true. You're an easy target. So I, know. I can't. Yeah. It, I mean, two weeks, you're going to be more Gandalf the Grey than ever. So <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> 
Is it? I never get invited back. Well, well, notice the shirt just says Jend. He oh. couldn't afford the ledge. Couldn't get the ledge for it. It's just Jend. There you go. I've got my I've got my shawarma time one on. So. That's awesome. Okay, With see that's Funkos. amazing. Yes. Yep. Uh, we're actually doing a Funko episode too because it's Dude, such a big thing. Me and Tinker collect. We have a huge collection. Do you really? Um, Kyle, over five hundred of just Marvel. Jeez. Yeah. Can't let you put all these in the house. Um, they're in boxes. <laughs> the autographed ones are like in Tinker's room um, from the Comic Cons and stuff, but the rest of them are all just up. Tinker's his son, for reference, everyone. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's his clone? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we're gonna do a Funko episode. Kyle used to collect Funkos, and then um, bad things happen. We have a friend of the show, Stephen, huge Funko collector, and you know I've got my certain Funkos that I have but nowhere near you guys. Like I've got my ace from one piece. I've got my Tom Servo, my crow, and then I've got my combination of Tom Servo and crow. It, uh, it broke my heart when I looked up to see how much my, uh, dog meat from fallout Funko was worth now. If it was still in the box and the five-year-old wouldn't have got it out and played with it and lost its leg. How much? Um, we bought probably bought it for like 15. It's worth about 80 now. They don't make them anymore. <laughs> you can get one, but you're going to pay for it. That's how my Red Skull one is. We found it randomly for like eight bucks, and then it's worth like 500 Still in the box? So it's still in the box, yes. That one got put up early. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, and that's another obsession we'll talk about in a later episode, too, is do you take them out of the box or do you not? I'm the kind that there's certain ones I'll take out, but I don't take the majority of mine out of the box. Yeah, mine stay in the box, except uh, like some of the, the ones we don't collect. Like he'll get some Star Wars ones he likes, mm-hmm. um, but the rest of them are all. Yeah, the Funkos stay in, in if, I, if I get them again. If I'm going to take, any, if I find something I, that I like, if it's a, a certain figure or whatever, then I'll take it out of the box, but it's got to be cheap. Like I'll take the cheap All stuff the out of the box. I don't even right. want to see it. I don't even want to see it, Chris. So, well, I'm just showing you. It's still in the box. We brought it up, but I, I just can't wait for this craziness to be over and there to be Comic Cons again. Tinker has been like, "When are we? When are we going to dress up again?" I like, you know, Halloween. He's like, "No, for our Comic Cons." So, see, that's really awesome. Going to it's, those. It's great that you have a shared interest with your kid like that. Right. I feel like it was forced on him, kind of like sports. He's <laughs> just latched on. So, well, as but, long uh, as you guys have something you can share, then you can right. do that. Hold on, I'm gonna. You're making me seasick, sharp. Good. That's the, the Blair point. Witch Project. I'm trying to fix this. Hold on. Okay, so next to topic. Late 1990s with shaky this. cam. Ah. All right, so back to Iron Man. Yeah, we, Iron we stopped Man. it. We stopped it when uh, he gets back. He has he tells everybody that he's not going to do missiles and uh, defense weapons anymore, and that turns Obadiah pretty much against him. Which we find out later, Obadiah was against him from for, was the reason why he got kidnapped. Yeah. Right, right. So, um, you know, Tony starts working in his lab, starts doing more things on his own. Um, really trying to piece the rest of the movie together now. Uh, well, so and then right, right when he came back, Bill Coulson, Phil Coulson starts becoming really annoying. Mm-hmm. Phil Coulson played by Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg, which 
I remember when I first saw Phil Coulson, I'm like, who is this guy? He's annoying. I don't like him. He quickly became one of my favorite people in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Quickly became one of my favorite, just because he's like, you know, he's not powered, but he's just awesome. So I really, really like him. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot. Um, and this is what kicked off um, also the beginning of the arc reactor, which is what Tony has embedded in his chest. And if you remember, they said, you know, this was just kind of a joke to please the masses. He's like, this, this thing was not, it's not possible to have. It's not feasible because it costs so much. And, you know, Tony pointed his chest and here it is. And that's, Again, what started solidifying, okay, maybe they do know what they're doing in this movie now. You know, everything's starting to come together. And then it becomes the story of Tony building his next iteration of the suits and going to take out all these terrorist cells. Um, and then while, while trying to fight the war that he has going on within his own company. So, you know, and then that's that's pretty much the beginning and middle of Iron Man. Um, I mean, what do you guys think? And then the ending of Iron Man. Um, that's where we get introduced to. Was there any other enemies besides. The Ironmonger, I can't remember. I mean, the Ten Rings, the organization, which as soon as they kind of said that it gave me a hard on thinking that the Mandarin was going to come into play. <laughs> right. And then right. they totally shit the bed on that. So, yep. Um, that's another story for another time. Oh no, no, um, no. Because that's a, that's that actually do? part of the Easter egg discussion. Okay. The Mandarin, um, he's orange. Uh, they, they call him cuties in the winter. Mandarin oranges. Um, I can hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so pretty much the iron monger comes into play um becomes this huge battle and of course our boy tony comes out on top you know mm -hmm. the here's the middle to the end in 10 words or less and this is why i want to get into this part i want to kind of rush this part is because marvel is what introduced the end credits to us you didn't have end credit scenes before Iron Man. I, I can't watch Fantastic. any movie now without, or anything without waiting to the end. Like, it doesn't matter what yeah, the I movie is. Like, I'm just yeah. going to sit here exactly. and wait. It could be some random Disney movie. I'm like, no, there could be something like at the end. Like, I got to stay and watch. Well, you hear what? some directors like Patty Jenkins from Wonder Woman, like talk about her disdain for uh, mid credits and end credit scenes, but then ultimately feels like they, ha they have to do it. You have to do it. That's now. what happened with Wonder Woman. 84 so well i mean and it, it it's what works yeah. it keeps it keeps us sitting in the seat for the whole well, it thing tees, like, it just tees it up it gives you that tease that you're like oh i can't wait how am i gonna wait 18 months yeah mm -hmm. exactly exactly or two years like we feel like we've been dealing with the whole COVID situation exactly it's and again iron man is what started the end and mid credit scenes and this is also what started the whole easter egg hunt for 
um, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, one can one of you explain what we mean? People, when we say Easter egg, people are going to assume, um, you know, like the chocolate bunnies and and like stuff you hunt for in Easter. What's an Easter egg? Easter eggs have been around. Uh, Easter eggs have been around forever. Um, I, you know, I think um, your Easter like. What we think of as Easter eggs now in in movies and TV and video games actually started way back on uh, the Atari. Um, I can't remember what game it was where the uh, the the really first well known Easter eggs because because back in the day um, you didn't have credits for your developers and your artists and stuff for a video game. So one of the programmers hid his name in. Uh, one of the uh, near impossible to reach levels. I can't remember. Was it from Ready Player One, the one you're talking about? No, it was. Well, didn't Q- wasn't it Qbert? It wasn't Qbert. It was on Atari. Or Pac-Man. I thought one of them had um, something like that too. Looking at it was. I love how the youngest person out of the three of us is referencing Atari, Chris. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I played Atari. I know. And I'm not that Starship much. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, you're older than you look. Oh, hi, Ron. Okay, so uh, that may not have been the one I was thinking of, but you know, so that's that's what it is. It's just hidden things that yeah, you get to either really look for, but but in the case of the MCU, it's going to be little nods. It's either going to be a just like a fan service nod, it's a different type of fan. We won't go into that one, but it's a fan. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, join, join, join Kyle at OnlyFans. Yeah, for OnlyFans. <laughs> but it's um, and so like what they're talking about, you know, something that would have referenced back to the comics. It may not come up later, but it's just a little nod to know so the like the the real fans to see. Okay, these guys know what they're talking about. They're going to see if we're paying attention, all the way up to um, hints of what's to come, foreshadowing and, and things like that. And just the MCU is full full of Easter eggs. Um, mm-hmm. And right. one thing that I've always kind of thought, since we're on the topic of Easter eggs and the mid mid credits and the end credit scenes, I mean, in Hollywood, a sequel's never out of the question, right? Like they, there's, if you're putting a lot of money into a movie. There's always going to be some type of plan for a sequel. But I've always wondered with this. I've wondered about it with Star Wars and different things. Like, was there this? How far ahead were they thinking when these came out? When Iron Man came out. Oh, were they thinking we're just going to, you know, we're going to be ready for an Iron Man trilogy. Trilogy is the way to go. That's how you do most of the movies. Were they really thinking that they were they planting the seeds then for the, for the big expansion that they ended up doing? Or were they planting the seeds just in case? Or were the things that we, we saw that we thought were seeds being planted just Easter eggs? And then they go back and reference, you know, those to, to pull forward. Um, right. You know, I'm I'm always kind of in the camp of they 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 had the contingency plan like okay this is going to be successful we'll be able to do a couple more movies and you always leave a little bit in here so you can mm-hmm. keep going if you want yeah. to I don't think the full thing was um was laid out probably until the first Avengers movie and when they realized we can just run with this horse until it's dead. Um, yeah, I think they give themselves enough mobility where they would love it to end with the Avengers. But if they needed to bring in Cap or Hulk or Black Widow or somebody into the Iron Man trilogy and only get three Iron Man movies, they put those Easter eggs in so they can maneuver a couple different ways. I agree. I agree. It's every interview I've ever read. They said, yeah, I mean, here's what we have planned out. 
with all these directors. Here's what I had planned out from the get go. And it was originally supposed to be like a five part or a three part or a four part. But then, you know, this one didn't do so well. So we had to scrap it. So I think that they have it planned out. What was the, there was another show we were talking about, Chris, you said they kind of did everything in like three episode arcs. So if they got, huh? Was it Clone Wars? Clone Wars television show. Um, Dave uh, Filioni, um, Filoni, Filoni, I can't remember. Um, As you can tell, I'm really bad at last names. Um, Dave F. But Dave F., he planned all the Clone Wars episodes, which that will be its own series for us, um, in three parts. So that way, if because Cartoon Network was notorious and still is notorious for canceling stuff like right after the end of a season or in the middle of a season, they're just notorious for this. And he said, you know, we've seen what happened to other shows. So we wanted it each episode was three parts. So you know, here's part one, two, and three. And that way they're their own little arc. They can wrap up and it's not dependent on the whole season. That way, if we get canceled, the viewer mm-hmm. has a sense of completion. They have a sense of, you know, oh, this is what happened. I'm okay with this. You know, it's not not the whole Farscape thing where literally they finished wrapping at the end of season four and the sci-fi lawyers came in and said, you're, you're canceled. That's probably part of the genius so, of the the mid credit end credits things, where you're not leading up to the next thing necessarily in the movie. You may drop little hints here and there, mm-hmm. but and so, so the the movie. So what, what were the mid and the end credits for this one? For this oh, one? Oh shit! Uh, this yeah. one was. Hold on, I'll tell you. Uh, was it Fury. It was Fury at the end. I believe. Uh, in the war machine if you guys look at if you if you guys look at the notes i have all the um easter eggs in on there too uh, i didn't want to cheat so i didn't read those <laughs> i'm cheating because my memory is horrible it's okay nobody's gonna believe i've watched any of this shit i swear i have if you if you go back to our first episode for me to complete watching all the uh the mcu movies i had to watch iron man the original you know, 2008 won at least seven times. They had to stop and restart, stop and restart. I didn't right. actually finish the entire run of everything until about four months ago. It was, it had, yeah, it was Fury. Remember, because at the end he goes, you know, it was uh, Samuel L. Jackson said, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Right. So it was Fury. That was the Easter egg. Well, and to me, there was, there was really two parts to that because, the whole movie. Um, hold on. Let me make sure I don't mess this up. The whole time. Um, Colson is telling Pepper, you know, I work for this um, organization, which is strategic homeland. way too long yeah they they changed it in the movies because it should be strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division because in 91 in the comics it was strategic hazard intervention espionage logistics directorate so they changed it for the movies but and then at the end when pepper said 
she started saying, you know, at the end, yeah, we'll get with you on, you know, the strategic. And she goes, no, 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 please just call us shield. I remember right. just getting goosebumps on that. I go, right. that's what, cause I, the, I, I freely admit this, the whole movie, I didn't put two and two together on that one. I didn't, I had no clue they were going in that direction. Yeah. It took that in either. So it took me by surprise, but yeah. So the, the end credit scenes was Nick Fury um, talking about the Avengers initiative. So the Easter eggs, I really remember in that one being cap shield, right? The okay. Ten rings reference. What yeah, about cap shield? Let's talk. Uh, about I remember it. So- it was like the prototype. Mm-hmm. Yep. Obviously you don't really realize that till later. But you just see it, and it's oh, that's Cap Shield, right? But you're like, why the hell does he have it? But right, right. Okay, and then what was your other one? Ten um, rings. The reference to the ten rings, because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, great, the Mandarin. Um, Let's and then talk uh, about talk about the Mandarin but, there for a sec. I mean, the Mandarin. When I think of Tony Stark's villains, that's that's the first, that's the main one, that's the I guy agree. that was the ultimate. You know, everybody has their ultimate foil. You know, um, Cap, it's Red Skull. Um, Hulk, it's Abomination, uh, Fantastic Four, it's Doom. Um, there's somebody that's synonymous with that hero. And mm-hmm. for me, it's the Mandarin because he was the one always behind the scenes. Um, always fucking you know, brought in the mystical. You know, Tony was the scientific and uh, the Mandarin was the mystical part of it. So it was just those two colliding. Right. And, and talk that's about- something that, that this Marvel Cinematic Universe is is still like they try to say everything is science. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been the interesting thing. So why did they call it the 10 rings? Because he has the, um, I remember right. He has the 10, 10 mystical rings and each ring mm-hmm. does something different. Right. So that's why, so you all have reference why it's called the 10 rings organization. And um, if you look at the back when Tony, they're doing the, um, the, what what was scary about this is this is the big thing when um was it al-qaeda or you know the, somewhere in the middle east they were capturing you know they were taking prisoners yeah. and putting them before cameras reading their demands this was the exact same scene as that this was all happening at the same time that's why it was kind of just eerie they kind of took what was going on in modern times and put it into there which is what all good comics do mm-hmm. in my opinion um right. But if you look in the back, there was 10 rings and that little, um, wasn't a poster, uh, like little banner, I guess that was behind him. Right. That was the 10 rings. And that just made me think, okay, so he's funding this. And I think that was kind of what they were alluding to. But it just made me hopeful that, oh, great, at some point they're bringing him in. Right. And so later on when I heard Ben Kingsley and I'm thinking, I was like, oh, man, he's an amazing actor. And then that turned into just a total... <laughs> yeah middle finger to me so <laughs> um it's a middle but yeah, finger no, but so the ten rings cap shield um the reference to shield yep, uh, yep. there was there was like a um a billboard or a poster of fin fang foom yep yep i do remember that one when i couldn't remember, exactly the remember the name of the dragon <laughs> but i did remember i was like yeah that's something and then i remember looking it up and then um terrence howard when he uh walks by the war machine suit mm-hmm. and either says something like next time or got to get me one of them. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. 
Um, so those are really the only ones I remember. Right. Uh, so it was in the end credits. So I consider that an end credit thing too. The blueprints for War Machine were in the end credits. Do you need to readjust for a sec? I have to turn on my and my AirPods died, so I just got to turn the volume down a little bit on my. Little did you know that this would last as long as it would. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's that. Um, and we need to go back and talk about Terrence Howard here after we get done with this part. Um, the ringtone on Tony's cell phone is from the animated series of The Invincible Iron Man. That's one of the that I ever watched. Oh, I loved that one. It's it's all uh, it's on Disney right now. Disney yeah, Plus. that's what I okay. I know T's watched it a couple episodes of it. So if you listen to that, listen to the theme song, you'll hear that ringtone if you go back and watch Iron Man. It's Tony's ringtone. Hmm. Um, if when uh, Tony is fighting the Iron Monger, if you look on the back, the Roxxon Corporation logo is one of the logos in one of the buildings. Um, Roxxon is one of the big thorns in Tony's side in the comics. So that was big. Um, uh, another Easter egg. There, it was actually more of a mistake. Um, at the very beginning, when they're talking about Tony Stark and um, Stain, it it reads that Tony takes the reins, but it should be reins like a horse. Or um, instead, they have it reins like as in a ruler. It's a, actually a typo. And um, if you listen to the interviews, they're like, yeah, the guy who did this made a mistake on it. Huh. So that's in there. Um, one of my favorite Easter eggs is that Iron Man's targeting system when it locks on. It's the sounds from Space, in space Invaders. Wow. So that's one of my favorite Easter eggs. Um, Kyle, do you know any more of the Easter eggs? Um, I think you kind of hit all the ones... I There's two more of. big ones that I think of. Uh, we talked about the end credits, War Machine blueprints, uh, Rob hit on Fing Fang Foom. Look at the very last point I put on there. Box of Scraps guy that Stan Young's at is Ralphie. Ralphie, um, Peter Billingsley from A Christmas Story. That's Ralphie. Oh. Is uh -oh. it more of a cameo? Wow. Yeah, but it's it's still kind of an Easter egg. Yeah. What a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> nerd. Nerd. Okay, now here is probably the biggest Easter egg for comic fans is Nick Fury. Why is Nick Fury so significant from the MCU, from the comics to the MCU? What's the biggest difference? Oh, you're asking us? Yes. Oh, I yeah, you're, I'm, I'm sorry. You're I'm leading, asking you all. Leading into it. Well, so. I am leading into this, but I'm asking you from guys, a, what's the biggest I mean, difference? From a white guy to an African-American? Yep. Hmm. You had the yep. same, it's, was it the same eye? I don't know. I, I don't think so. That was the other thing I was going to say. I don't think it's the same eye. I, it might be different. I mean, uh, it could just be the haircut. Yeah, it's the same eye. <laughs> could be the haircut. <laughs> It is well. Is um, it? So, what the big difference here. is? You look that up while I'm saying this. 
they took the ultimate comics Nick Fury. And the ultimate comics Nick Fury was black. And they took him versus the old white guy because you find out Nick Fury's, you know, ancient. I applaud them. I think that this Nick Fury is the only Nick Fury at this point for me. Because mm-hmm. I think Samuel L. Jackson was great at it. And it I don't know, it was just it was just fun seeing him as Nick Fury. It, it was the right move. And I think nobody really I don't know if anybody could ever pull it off like Samuel L. Jackson does. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's like anything with me when when there's source material on a certain thing, regardless of what the person looked like hair color, skin color, whatever. I just, if they did it the other way, how much outrage would there be? So that's always yeah. my thing. So it just, I don't know. And I don't want to go a totally different way with this. I love it. I love the chain. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things um, that is when I thought Nick Fury was going to be in movies, that is not what I envisioned. Doesn't mean it's, a bad thing because I like I said Samuel Jackson kills it. So you think that they're sitting in this boardroom and they've got their two versions of Nick, comic Nick Fury that they're looking at, right? And one guy says, "If we go Ultimate Nick Fury, we could probably get Samuel L. Jackson," and then that just like seals it right there. And like that's because that's all you want. I mean, he freaking kills it in that part, and I, I can't imagine anybody else as Nick Fury now, like that's, that's embedded ingrained in my mind. It's, he's the Fury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is. I, again, it, it's a perfectly cast deal. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it's like always, I always look at the actor, you know, and another, this is a different thing, but um, I'm a huge Jack Reacher person. Like I read all the books and everything. And Jack Reacher's character is, you know, six, five, six, six, and a huge monster of a man like the rock. Mm-hmm. In the movies, he's played by Tom Cruise, who's five foot five, you know, <laughs> and so, not a monster of a man. But his persona and the way he plays that character is exactly what I would have wanted. So it doesn't make a difference to me. And that's the same thing with Samuel L. Jackson to me. I would agree. I would agree. Um, which this is a great segue into casting. Let's talk about Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, who played Rhodey. James, what is it? James Rhodes. Yeah, um, yeah. What did you guys think of him in Iron Man? Like, uh, I mean, I don't have a, uh, a prior con- conspiracy comparison, but great actor. I thought, I thought he played the part well. I thought he did a great job. I did too. Um, so he is the only actor that I can think of that has been fired from the MCU as a major character. Um, and there, you know, there's several thing um, rumors that went around. Like the biggest rumor was, well, before I, I say what I think, what do you guys, what have you guys heard why he didn't reprise his role? I heard that he did not make as much as Robert Downey Jr., there was a beef because he felt like Robert Downey Jr. didn't go to bat for him mm-hmm. to get some more money or more money. And that is what ultimately led to the change. Okay. Kyle, what have you heard? Um, 
really haven't heard anything. So he was, when you're saying similar money, he was like shooting for similar in 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 that rumor is he was shooting for similar money that as Robert Downey Jr. got or just as a uh like he, he figured equal he percentage made more. Yeah. Yeah. Equal revenue, equal rights. Uh, because because of the success of Iron Man. Yeah, and I think he felt like he knew where it was gonna go and that he would ultimately be a, a bigger star in other movies. So it should have been more on even par from the get go is what I've read. So that's, that's similar to what I've read. I think he made something like 4 million on Iron Man and he wanted like eight for Iron Man two because of the success. But Robert Downey Jr. From what I've heard wanted more of a cut. So that would have cut into Terrence Howard's cut, you know, because there's only so much money that they have. Um, and then there was also rumors on set that Terrence Howard was very difficult to work with from cast members. So I think it was, it was a combo of all that, that kind of ultimately led to that recasting choice. But I really like Don Chadell as Rhodey. Is it Cheadle I'm, or Chadell? Chadell, Cheadle. Fancy? I'm fancy. I like uh, Sharpay uh, mm-hmm. or uh, Wutan, mm-hmm. you know. That kind of stuff. I think it's Cheadle. Chadell, Cheadle. I agree. I, t- I, t- I think, I think he was great. Um, I can't see. I just don't see Terrence Howard being um, a good team player, like how you have to be with all these movies and all these other actors. And I right. think Mr. Chadell uh, really, really <laughs> fits in um, through all these. Uh, so I just, I think I've heard, heard the difficult to work with thing and, I don't know. I'm not a movie star. I've never worked with a guy, but um, it just seems like Don, if you will, if I can call you Don, if you're listening, um, I'm sure he is, is a, a Don. consummate team player. Um, just as all the group interviews and stuff I've seen, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of camaraderie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think you'd have another issue like you're seeing with what I, what I hear with Brie Larson and how she doesn't exactly fit in with that core group. I think Terrence Howard kind of would have been the same thing. Which, if Brie Larson isn't fitting in, that's going to be a big problem for Phase Four. Yep. So we'll get into that later. Um, we'll read up on more next. I, I think this is actually yet. a good. Yeah, that, that we'll get into that one. So I actually think we should probably end this here. We're like at an hour thirty. Like, if it took us this long to get through Iron Man, I'm afraid of what we try to get through the next two. So. We will probably next Sunday shoot for next Sunday again, and we'll start with Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. which I don't think we'll get through as much. I don't think it'll take us this long for Incredible Hulk, personally. No, I think we can go through Iron Man Incredible just, Hulk and Iron Man 2 in about the same amount of time. I mean, we're, we were talking about the intro to everything right here, just right. not just, you know, movie, movie, movie. We were, you know, talking about how the, the, the foundation of the MCU and how it got kicked off. So that's. There's a lot to cover there, and no, there's a especially with just with just the original. I mean, the original Iron Man just so iconic with um, setting the stage for everything to come down the road. Um, I don't think we'll we'll spend as much time on another one until we get to the 2012 Avengers. So I mean, this is kind of like my wedding vows. I talked a good game on what we'd get through, came <laughs> up short. It's um. We're still in the honeymoon. Buddy. It's fine. 
It's fine. Yeah. Love you, honey. <laughs> um, she actually does listen to our podcast and she she claims she loves it, but I told her she's kind of forced to because she sleeps next to me. <laughs> At least tell me that. Um, I mean, what she's going to tell you is, you know, you should really hang out with that B-Rob guy more often. That's exact. Actually, she said, why don't you do that? Mm -hmm. I said, because I'm not cool. He we is, all know that's why I'm on a podcast. He is handsome and charming. So you know, handsome. You're, I mean, you're the main. You're the main reason why I got involved in so much in college. Oh, well, thanks. I man. would not say. That. Yeah, the NAB stuff. Yeah, definitely. That's you're the reason why I got involved as much as I did. So you led well, me to be as cool as I am. So. Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, Makes I, me for uh, a lot of my RBC you stuff. Do you want that in the cash app? Do you want that in <laughs> PayPal? What do you want me for that endorsement? I prefer payment in beers or tacos. Uh, beers and tacos. You heard that, folks. Uh, we are going to set up a GoFundMe account for that. Right. Let's um, call it Go Beer Me. And, uh, go Beer right. Me. Go Beer Me for tacos. I think we might be onto something. So, let's, I actually do want to... Um, probably end it here because i know we have we've all claim we have lives at least so let's shoot for next week we'll film um part two and three of part one <laughs> of phase one part two and three of part one of phase one i think we can <laughs> and this will give me time to uh get the other three movies that we need ready too yeah um so okay so do you have time for nerd drum Kyle, I do. This B Rob. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can, I can do, I can do some nerd drum tonight. Okay, let me set that up real quick. You guys talk. Mm -hmm. You guys talk about a subject real quick. Let me set that up because I forgot to get that set up. Look how beautiful his camera is, B Rob. It is. You guys are so perfect. I know. It's got a great green. So this screen. is something I've always wanted to do, by the way. So I, I love it. Well, dude, you're. I gave you the list of what we have, and it's actually grown since I've shown you. You're more than welcome on any of these that we're doing. No, there's so much stuff. I mean, you, I know the gaming stuff is out of my realm, but I mean, pro wrestling, Star Wars, Funko. I mean, I love it. I love right it now. all. So, so we're actually going to do. Um, that brings a good segue too. There is going. My wife had a good idea, and I'm not going to tell her that we're taking one of her ideas. Um because then she's right she's always right um she has challenged us to take a nerd um subject that we're not familiar with and immerse ourselves immerse ourselves for it for the week and huh. let everyone know you know what we find and what we think of it and I'm like, that's actually a really good idea. That is a good one. Like, because it's, then you're out of your comfort zone. And that's, again, what this whole show is about. Like, staying out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Tinker's getting really into Pokemon. It's really, I've never, I don't know anything about it. T asked me, she goes, are you guys going to do a Pokemon episode? I go, are we ever? Because it's over 20 years old. I know a lot about Pokemon. I got to catch them all. I will tell you that I love Pokemon to this day. I still watch Pokemon. I'm 40 something and I still watch Pokemon. I've never watched a single it. episode. I just look at all the cards he has. No sucky in there. It's a good kind of cheesy. Hey man, tell him to keep some of those, some of those cards now from the original sets. That's worth some moolah. 
That's worth some. Right. In the words of Star Lord, that's worth some cheddar cheese. Okay, let's share out this screen. And well, let's do this part here. So you listen to episode one, so you kind of know how the nerd drum works, right? Beer up, get a no. grasp. He has no idea. So. Okay, so let's do this. Let's go through. We'll do our little spiel real quick. Mm -hmm. um, time on the show we call Nerd Drum. Two nerds enter, one nerd leaves. A little bit later, the uh, the other nerd is going to leave, but he's sad because he lost. So what we're doing is <clears throat> Chris has a randomizer of um, popular characters from uh, pop culture, nerd culture, whatever. And we're, we're taking the classic who would kick whose ass argument um, and kind of putting it on its uh -huh. head a little bit. So everything's completely random. We're, we don't know which character we're going to get. We don't know the location that it's going to occur in, and we don't know the activity. So we're going to, you know, go outside the normal realm of a, of a fist fight or, a, you know, a sorcerer off or whatever to um, random activities. I mean, we've had, I think one was like a zombie apocalypse survival one was baking a cake the baking cake one was what dr zoidberg versus hank hill in, mm -hmm. in Bar. and so it's yep. completely random we don't know who we're going to get if you get somebody that you just absolutely know nothing about i mean you have the option to bullshit your way through it or you know tap out trade whatever because uh we don't want to leave you hanging we suggest yeah, we suggest you bullshit through it though mm -hmm. that's what makes it fun and i'll do my best so am I, and so Chris will do the spinning here. We've got the wheel that you can see. Okay. And, well, this will be B-Rob's Rob, B pick first since he is the guest. Okay. So we'll see who, who B-Rob gets. Oh, Chris's choice. That's rigged. That is so rigged. Hey, you know what? Just so you don't think it's rigged, everyone, let's do it again. If it was Kyle, I would know who I'd pick. Okay. You wonder Rob's got Wonder Woman. Can okay. you work with that? I can work with that. Okay. Kyle. Haley Smith from American Dad. I think I can work with that. The anti-Meg. Okay. Anti-Meg, pot smoker, mm -hmm. hippie. Yep. And I also no, we can't have two of the same. It's we gotta be separate. We can't have two Wonder Women's. Unless I had Red Sun Wonder Woman. Blade, the vampire hunter. Nice. So we have Blade, okay. Haley Smith, and Wonder Woman. Wow. And they okay. will be... And where their location. The, the Quickie Quick Mart from The Simpsons. <laughs> nice. nice. Location is what Kyle and I haven't been using is the location to advantages. Um, if you go back and listen to the past episodes, so mm -hmm. location can give you an advantage. Finally, the activity. In a sword. Oh, man. Crap. Shit. Blade and Wonder Woman. I mean. Yeah. Haley's just going to be in a corner smoking it out. But she's, she's going to say, with win, a, win a chicken dinner. I can work with this. So I think I went first okay. last time. You did. So. 
Um, lead in. Guest goes first. How about guest goes first? How about somebody who's done this before go first? Yeah. So well, Chris, if you, you want to be picky about it, sir, damn it. <laughs> okay, you got Blade. So I've you got, got Blade. Like, this is easy. I've got Blade. I have the Daywalker. The Daywalker has, who is half vampire, half human. He got his powers from Deacon Frost when Deacon Frost bit his mother while he was still in the womb. He has all the, the strengths of the vampires while having none of the weaknesses minus the hunger. But he has a medicine for that. He's going to go into the quickie mark. What gives Blade an advantage, especially during a sword fight, is the man carries a sword on his back. He is well-versed with swords. He's versed with any sort of weapon. You give him a sword, he's going to take out anyone, a vampire, a demigod, demigod, god, you name it. Blade will do it. He's able to walk in the sunlight. He can use anything in the quickie mark to his advantage. What gives Blade the biggest advantage is that he is from our time period. He knows all about quickie marks. He knows about quick trips, get and goes. He knows all about what to use, what you can't use. Because he, hey, he can go kill a vampire. He can go and get a Slurpee. He may want one. He may go into the quickie mart and use the two-month-old hot dogs that Apu has in there to his advantage by throwing it at Wonder Woman and Haley. He could throw it at Haley She'd be so stoned and hungry, she would run out after it. She'd leave the quickie mark. Wonder Woman might put up a good fight against him, but Blade's used to killing all sorts of creatures, so that's why I think he could use the quickie mark to his advantage. Mm. Mm. Kyle? Haley? So? Winner, winner, wheat for dinner. Haley is going to be, first off, Totally at home in Quickie Mart. She's going to have the munchies when she shows up to this fight because Haley's either always high or always about to get high or had just got high. And so she's going to be able to lean on the power of the snack aisle to really fuel her fight, to really keep her going. She's going to get some Funyuns. She's going to get some Slim Jim. She's going to get the Slurpee machine. So she's going to be at full strength when all this happens. Haley is also extremely progressive. She's very... Uh, forward-thinking, you know, uh, type of person. So I don't, I don't think that she will actually fight Wonder Woman, but they will bond, right? They will, they will form this girl power duo to take down the man that's trying to cut them down and assert his male dominance. That's going to be Haley's. Haley is going to stand out against male vampire sword aggression. She won't even need a sword. She has Wonder Woman on her side to, you know, take the sword from Blade. There's two swords. Haley wins with the uh, the buff from Wonder Woman. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that Haley's gonna take down Wonder Woman with Funyuns? No, I, I'm saying Haley is going to convince Wonder Woman <laughs> to join her in the fight because they are both with strong Funyuns. women that are going to lift each other up in this battle against the Vampire Sword Man. <laughs> be rough <laughs> a tough act to follow mm-hmm. there's your bullshittery well I do believe that uh, <laughs> Diana the uh, Amazon warrior princess uh, uh, founding member of the Justice League uh, I don't think the quickie mart's ever quite seen a, a female of this nature or as hot as her 
Um, so there's our advantage right there, walking into, you know, the center of activity in Springfield. But I, I think anyway, everybody, Abu knows everything. So everybody comes through there. Um, and that's a reason why I think her lasso of truth or sword or shield. Um, I really don't think she's going to need any of it. Um, I think her and Haley will form uh, a team. Um, Wonder Woman's known to love her ice cream. So I imagine she's going to love a good Slurpee too. So I don't know if the Funyuns are going to come into play. Um, but I do feel like uh, <laughs> she could use her lasso of truth if necessary on Blade to make him see the uh, error of his ways of uh, wanting to slice her down um, and think that there is a, the, uh, there's got to be several thugs that are around there trying to hold up a boo that a uh, blade skills would be better used against. So I think he would, she would push him that way and get him distracted. Haley's going to be stoned and in a corner eating Funyuns um, and probably making out with uh, Nelson. If I had to guess, that looks like her type. Um, and then uh, probably it's going to be one woman <laughs> show from that point. Okay. Why did it have to be? Wonder Woman in a sword fight. Why did it have to be Blade in a sword fight? <sighs> and you got Haley Smith. <laughs> better than Meg. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, better than Meg. We're gonna post in the Discord who won. Who won? Mm -hmm. Post have link you that you guys vote, vote on um, it. So now, uh, B Rob, what are you watching or reading this week? Um, so I'm finishing up um, the Ahsoka novel. Um, Ooh. I just I just found that. I read most of it on a plane last week. I got a couple of chapters left. How um, is it? It's, it was great. It's a really good, um, it just talks about her time after, uh, right after the Great Jedi Purge, um, where she's really trying to find out who she is. Right, It's kind of right before um, she becomes Fulcrum and Rebels. Okay, so it's, uh, so it's it's that so she in between. Had a couple of secret. She's had a couple of secret meetings with Bell Organa, and then um, he's uh, trying to recruit her to the rebellion. Um, so I haven't got to whether she's fully accepted it yet, but um, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm reading that, and then I'm going to start another uh, Lucas Davenport novel, which is he's kind of like a Jack Reacher type guy. Um, just not a series that I found. So that's kind of what I'm reading right now. Right on, Kyle. <laughs> Um, well, what I have started reading today and going through, if you guys um happen to catch that uh shit show of a DD session last night where we almost got TPK, <laughs> everyone died. <laughs> so I'm, I'm diving into the Dungeons and Dragons uh fifth in the player's handbook because I feel like I really need to be prepared to make another character because I don't think Borko's gonna live much longer. Um, and so I've I really have actually been going through uh, classes and races and reading a lot in that to try to maybe make a better balance for something better for the group because it sounds like death is inevitable for several of us. And, um, and so I've, I've been getting back into that and got an idea for a, for a new character that at the very least to have ready in the wings in case Borco does bite the dust and um, I have to pull somebody out of the shadows to uh, fill in that slot. And so um, that's kind of my reading and what I learned. I'm kind of trying to learn um, some different uh, classes and things. Learn that the apparently the dark elf is not played a lot, or is recommended to only be played by more experienced type players due to some uh, 
racial weaknesses and things like that. So it's uh, been interesting. I kind of wish I would have dove into it a little bit more before I made my character and I would have been able to make him a little bit more balanced instead of weak little dwarf that he is. So what I'm watching or reading this week is I am I uh, Attack on Titan, the newest Attack on Titan season. The new episode came out today and I actually watched it just before we got it around dinner, just before we got on this um, podcast and man, it is getting good. Like it, it started off really slow, but it is getting really, really good. Like this is probably some of the best fight scenes I've seen in the whole series. So nice. it's just really cool. Yeah, it's, it's just really cool. Um, get on that. B Rob, what have you learned this week? Have you learned anything this week? This past week? It can be anything. If you haven't, you can say no. Um, I've learned a lot about Kyle that I didn't know, honestly, just from listening to the podcast while I was traveling. Um, and the, the first episode, and then um, just on here, you know, I feel like I like you said, we know people for you know. 15, 20 years. And then there are just aspects that you don't, you don't ever really know. So I've learned a lot about uh, a good friend of mine. So cool. that goes the other way too. I, I was not expecting you to be, I mean, I almost said that really wrong. It's not what I was expecting at all. Be Rob. What were you going to say? Jerkwad <laughs> meat bag. <laughs> I, lost my train. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. So, so the, that's what Kyle learned this week, apparently, was mm -hmm. same, thing. Um, same thing. What I learned from this um, what I learned from this week was I forgot what my first thing was. But in doing all the research for this was how much I loved Iron Man, the first Iron Man again, after rewatching it this week. And then just all the damn Easter eggs that they put in there just to set up and how it just set up everything. And that's what I love about it. So that's what I learned. Um, not as profound as B Rob's or intern Kyle's with his end yeah. E&D shirt. Um, if you watch the YouTube clip, you'll see what we're talking about. He's just an agent. <laughs> He's a gend again. Um, with that, we will pick up, we'll record again next week for part two of the MCU phase one. Hopefully we'll get through more than one movie. Um, I'm not going to bet <laughs> we, on it, but we don't. It's okay. Damn it. I had a good time doing this. So yeah, this is always time. fun. Gentlemen, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday to do this with me. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. I had a great right, time. Thank you guys for listening. So, well, with that, for the next um, one. this is... Yeah, this has been Everyman's Guide to Nerddom. I'm Chris. I'm Kyle. And we'll catch you on the next one. See ya. Nerd Coke, rise up. It could get elevated. Nerd